My name's Christian, for those that don't know me, and I will, I'm, I've got a drink, which is good because I'm running dry here already. Um, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to start with a question, I'm going to start with a question, if that's all right. Uh, is there anyone in your life at the moment that's making life a little bit difficult? Do not look at the person next to you, <laughs> or at me, for that matter. If I was not your pastor, then life would be so much nicer. Um, so, um, so that, that's good. Anyone who, do you know who's been a bit hostile at the moment? There are still a few people. Interesting. Okay, not there we are. Uh, there's two ways of dealing with difficult or hostile people. Um, the first one is to get scared by them, uh, which is a favorite one of lots of people, probably mine as well. Uh, we, we run away from those people quite quickly, uh, feel small, feel crushed. Um, so you feel anyone in your life like that, that's the first response. The second people, what they can do is they can be hostile back. All right, so that's another option available to you, just in case you're there. Shout back. You have this kind of, I've seen lots of people do this at school. Sorry, I've got to do this. They, they walked around school with this. No one messes with me. That was the bravado kind of like, you know, no one comes anywhere close to me. That there was the uh, second way of dealing with hostile people. Um, put your chest out, put your chest out, and uh, just shout a lot. Deals with the issue quite nicely. Um, apparently, according to Jesus, neither of them were the best way of dealing with the issue. Um, he wanted us to love them, which I think is a load of rubbish, but we, I suppose we'd better look at it. <laughs> it would be so much more fun to look at the other two. Um, so the title today is Love Everyone and Fear No One, which I thought was quite, um, quite interesting because um, there's a massive link there. Oh, am I uh, not working? This is nice. Sorry? You muted me. It's an interesting story behind this, actually. Um, sometimes, sometimes, if you're watching on YouTube, hello if you're online, by the way, um, then um, they've left me on when I've gone to sit back down for the final song. <laughs> uh, that's, this is true. And um, they... Um, <laughs> So everyone is, is treated, I say treated, it's probably not the right word, treated to, um, treated to my, my voice in the band. Uh, that's only online, that's an online special. <laughs> so if you watch the right episode, you'll be able to hear me in the band. It's not a good, it's not, we didn't get many people that week to come back the following week. <laughs> they were like, if that's what we can be treated to, then we'll leave it. Anyway, this is what Jesus said, uh, Matthew 5, 43 to 48. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors of the Inland Revenue do the same. <laughs> and they are the worst. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not eat. There he goes again. Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect. Oh, good grief. What does he want from us? Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Wow. Okay. Straight to the jugular there. And you are not looking that happy today. <laughs> what? I did forgiveness last time I was up, and now I get the next topic on loving your enemies. But there we are. So here's your question. Who are your enemies? Before we go any further. 
The Inland Revenue. Very good, Andy. Yes, very good. I think a lot of the time, a lot of the time, we, we always thought, thought enemies are people that are, are absolutely, completely uh, horrible if it was on an individual basis. Um, or, or mainly, uh, certainly in a wartime situation, that would be much more apparent. There's a, a quote by someone called G.K. Uh, Chesterton, who says, the Bible tells us to love our neighbors and also to love our enemies, probably because they are generally the same people. <laughs> so there you go. Now, this isn't to say the people right next to you are your enemies, but um, it was, um, it's, it's an interesting point all the same. For the Jews at the time, it was the Romans. These Romans had brought fear and opposition difficulties and hardships right down to the doorstep of each and every person living in the country. And when we view it in that light, our enemies could be literally anybody that intimidates us. They could be anybody that makes life hard for us, anybody that is hostile towards us. So if you know anyone like that, that's your potential enemy in this context, all right? Jesus is saying, see those people, love them. Um, the people that you find really hard to love are the people that Jesus is saying to love. Um, and it's important to know from the, the, the context in which this came that, the, that Jesus, Jesus came in a point where the Jews were expecting someone to deliver them from their enemies. He came and he did miracles and they were thinking, this guy's amazing. Look at what he's doing. And he's there and he's delivering at this point the best sermon that's ever happened ever is in the middle of it right now. This is obviously before my sermon here. But he's right in the middle of this, and they're thinking, this guy's incredible, this guy's incredible. And he then speaks into the very difficulties they're going through. All of these things that are happening where the Romans are having a right go at them, and then instead of delivering them, Jesus says, love them instead. I mean, that must have been like a slap in the face, like anything. But it's not what they wanted to hear, certainly. It's not what anyone probably wants to hear, to love them instead. To be more accurate than that, what Jesus is saying in the context of this is that we are to love everyone exactly the same. Okay? So if you read the whole, kind of, the whole story there, it's to have no distinction between your neighbors and your enemies, no distinction between your friends and your foe, no distinction between those people that are on our side and people that are not on our side. I didn't look at these people as on my side and these people as not. It was just the way I did it. But that was how Jesus was saying it. It's like, treat everyone exactly the same. To pray for them. To bless them. To do good to them. To go far beyond just tolerating them. Because, like, I could do that. I reckon I could do that. I can love my friends and I could just about tolerate my enemies. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that would have been a lot nicer if he had said that. You know, just... Love, love the people that love you, that's all right. And, and just, you know, if you can put up with, please, please, Christian, every now and again, put up with the ones that are being mean to you. I could just about do that, I reckon. But he's actually asking us to go far, far, far beyond it. He's asking us to be proactive and to love and to do something much, much more beyond that. Um, so I think that's quite harsh. It's, it's a one thing there. Which, but it goes to show just who God is. That the heart of God is love. That he loves all. And he is good to those who are evil and to those who are good. That he blesses the just and the unjust. This is God. 
This is who our God is. His love knows no end. He keeps on pouring out his love again and again and again on every single other person. And in no other place can we find this more clearly than in the gospel itself, that Jesus came to die a horrific death on the cross to bring us into the most incredible relationship with him that lasts forever. Amen? That's the love he had, that while we were still sinners, while we were still annoying everyone around us and living for ourselves, he came and died for us. That's the gospel, isn't it? Yeah. And so that's really what he's then saying. He's saying, just the way I'm treating you, I'd like you to treat other people. There's a very interesting part of this text where he says um, that to love our neighbors as ourselves, or to love, to love, love neighbors and to love our enemies, that we may be children of our heavenly Father. Which I think is quite interesting. That we may be children of our heavenly Father. Now, this doesn't mean that we earn the right to be children of God by our behavior. Because we already are. By accepting Jesus into our lives, we already are children of God. 1 John 3, verse 1, says, See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. We're already God's children if we've accepted Jesus into our lives. We're already known as him. This is our identity. That is your first and foremost identity completely, is that you are a child of God. Okay? We're in his family. We're sons and daughters. We belong. We have the spirit of our Father living inside of us right now. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah! Let's put this smile on two people's lips. Okay? That's good. But as such as that, we can live secure in his love. We can rest in his love. We can enjoy his love. We can enjoy the love that God has got for each and every single one of us. We can soak in that love. And we should soak in that love because it's by soaking in his love that that will be the power to love everybody, whether it's friend or foe, whether it's, whether it's an enemy of the worst possible kind that you know right now. By soaking in God's love on a daily basis, you have got the power to do that. Amen? So these are the things that we're called to do, but it's not that we are not empowered to do them. Anything that God tells you to do, he will give you the power to do it. All right? It's absolutely crucial that we understand that. So we're called to follow in the footsteps of our Heavenly Father. They're impossible footsteps, but they're made possible by the love and the power that's inside of us there. Now, I want to just unpack this a little bit because there is a how-to in the text, and it's a really good how-to. And I really, really think this is the best bit of it. It says, love, obviously, so we're called to love. Now, let's just get this straight. Love is not a behavior that we can force ever, is it? No? Are you with me on that? You, you, can, you can fake it by putting on all the right politeness, yeah, but you won't ever really be loving them. You know you won't be loving them. You'll just be like going, trying to put up with them as best as you can while gritting your teeth and hoping they don't notice. Yeah? Uh, some of you are laughing. See, you've tried it. All right. So, you know, you just, yeah, they don't know I hate them, but, you know. So, that's not what God's going on about here. It's basically a proper, genuine love that lives inside of us. And it comes from God. 1 John 4 says, love comes from God. God is love, in, in, in fact. 
So as he is the source of all love, we go to him and we can love absolutely anybody. But here is the clue in the text. Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies. Okay? And this is important because what happens as we do is it changes our heart attitude towards them. Something takes place as we pray for them that it gives us the Father's heart, the Father's attitude towards our very enemies. Is that making sense to you? We start to see them the way God sees them. We start to have a fresh insight on the way that they really are. We start to see them the way that God feels for them. We start to get that. All right? If God loves everybody, if he sends his rain on the just and the unjust, and all of that that goes there, then therefore he loves our enemies, ouch, just as much as he loves you. Do you get that? He loves your enemies as much as, well, he does. And that's weird, but it's true. And therefore, we need to grab God's heart for how he sees them. The more we do, the more it changes everything. It helps the attitude flick round. It helps us to get God's grace, God's compassion, God's kindness, God's insight towards people. It fills our hearts with love. And the more we do that, the more we can deal with the most horrible people that you'll ever have to deal with. This is what this is all about, Steve. It's so exciting, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know what part of your life you're applying this to right now, but I'm sure it's good. So, I've had to deal with a lot of hostile people in my years of different jobs. None of them at church, don't worry. But... You deal with a lot of different people. You deal with a lot of different and hostile people, um, especially if you're teaching teenagers. And when you come across those people, when you come across people that are just you know, horrible to you, to your face there, I've learned, I have learned to pray for them. And as I've done, God's revealed to me how wounded people are on the inside. Yeah? That every single bit of hostility towards us is really rooted somewhere else. It's really coming from a different place of hurt. So as I've prayed for people to say, God, I pray for this person, you tell me to pray for them. I don't want them to be blessed, quite frankly, but I pray that you bless them anyway. I don't want them to do good, but I pray that, that all that happens. And in the end, God changes my heart. God shows me them in a different light. God shows me the way he sees them, and he gives me an insight. So as I, as I pray for people again and again who've been hostile towards me, I don't moan about them anymore. I have compassion on them because I can see what's really going on on the inside. Does that make sense? The clue is in the text. Love your enemies. Pray for those who hurt you. Pray for those who persecute you. There's a power in that. God's telling you how to do it. God's telling you how to love your enemies by praying for them. If you want your compassion motivated, start in prayer. Our hearts will transform as we do this. And we'll look to bless rather than criticize. We'll look to do good. We'll look to be generous to people. We'll tap into the very riches of heaven. And we'll give out of an abundance, a river of God's Holy Spirit. We'll pour forth into God's people. Uh, God's of God's Holy Spirit, rather, will pour forth into people's lives around us. And that's good, isn't it? That's what it's supposed to be about. We'll displace darkness with God's incredible light, and his love will conquer all. So let's get to why I called the title the title. 1 John 4.18 says the following. 
Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we've not fully experienced this perfect love. And I find that an amazing verse, actually. Usually we don't do all of the verse. Usually we just go, perfect love casts out all fear, boom. But there's a lot of power in that verse. And if we look at all of it, it, you start to see that the root of a lot of fear is blame and punishment. A lot of fear is blame and punishment. The first negative emotion in the Bible was fear, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. Just, just nod. Just agree. <laughs> so Adam and Eve, in the Bible, Adam and Eve um, take the, the wrong fruit. Yeah? Do you remember that bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go with me on that. And then the hiding from God in the garden. And, um, and God's going, where are you? Where are you? And, and Adam goes, I was afraid. I was afraid. Why was he afraid? Blame. Punishment. He's expecting to be punished at this particular moment. He's expecting something to come across. And if you think of every single moment, and by the way, he blames Eve quite quickly. So he's shifting that because he doesn't want that. So if you actually look at every single situation that we, fit, that we face, the majority of them, a lot of the time, well, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not talking about if you're scared of spiders or snakes here or something. Get, get away from those. But a lot of the time, with, within the people context, you're afraid of being accused. You're afraid of what that might look like. Okay? You think about a lot of the things. You're afraid that you've been shown to do something wrong. You're afraid that something, and what's the repercussions that are going to come out of that? And this is where fear of punishment comes in. We don't really look at it enough, but that's what a massive part of fear is. It's a fear that this person's right, and I'm not doing the, the right job. It's a fear that this person's correct, and I'm not a good person. It's a fear that this person's correct in the way they're dealing with me. Okay? And it's horrible. But that's, that's the, the power of words and the power that people can have. So, how does perfect love cast out all fear in this situation? There's two things to get... If I had more time, I would, would be here forever. But there's two things specifically... Okay, the first one is, is just condemnation. And believing and experiencing God's incredible, unconditional love for us will remove that. As we get that hold of that, then just experience his love, that will just remove that time and time and time again, which is why I said at the start, soak in his love daily. Because we need that love. That love of God is the antidote to so much rubbish that you will have to face every single day of your life, okay? The love of God coming in at you again and again and again removes out all lies, removes out all fear again and again and again. So you will not feel condemned when someone comes along and says, well, you didn't do that right. Because you'll be just so full of the love of God that it won't hit you in that way. Does that make sense? Come back to it again and again and again. Keep returning to the love of God. Keep coming back to him. Make sure you are soaked in his love. Keep on speaking over yourself, his love. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me. Thank you that I'm loved so much. Keep on coming back again and again and again. Please, I implore you, because it makes so much difference to your life. It will put a smile on your face, and it will make you feel stronger on the inside. Okay? If you don't believe me, just try it for the next week, and then when we get back together, then tell me how you got on. All right? But it does. It changes. Bit by bit by bit, 
drip, 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 it will make a huge difference. And you will not feel as guilty, you'll not feel as condemned, because you shouldn't do. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right? And that's where a lot of this comes from. But the second one is, um, again, we come back to the praying for them one. Because if somebody in particular is, and you're having to deal with this on a, on a, 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 a quite a regular basis, praying for them changes us on the inside as well. So there's one thing about soaking in God's love. There's another thing about praying for that person. So let's say Andy's having a go at me all the time. Are you? You nodded. That was not nice. As I keep on praying for Andy to be blessed and keep on praying for him, it changes me on the inside to be strengthened, to be energized. It changes me on the inside to, uh, to, to see him, as I've taught you before, as the way that God sees him. There's some strength in that that changes the power in all of this. If somebody is being hostile to you, you feel powerless. Okay? Someone's, if someone's being hostile to you, you feel like you're under their thumb, that they've got power over you. If you, if you pray for love for them, you become more powerful. I'm not saying you become more powerful than them, but there's a quote that says that the most powerful people in the world are the most loving people in the world. Okay? Now, answer me this question. Who was the most powerful person that ever walked this planet? Jesus. Okay? How much full of love was Jesus? Do you think he had a bit of love? Yeah, he's love himself. And so as he walks the planet, he's full of love. As he walks the planet, how feared, how scared was he? Not that much. Do you think he was scared of many people? He was full of love. He was full of compassion. So as people tried to trounce his reputation, as people tried to trounce him for all sorts of other things, he would be like, well, I just love these people. I just want to give to these people. I just want to bless these people. So the whole context of this, soaking God's love and give God's love out. Those are your two points of the whole sermon, really. Soaking God's love and pour God's love out. As you, prayer does that. Prayer towards God and prayer to, to other people will make all of the difference in all of those areas there. The more we grow in love for others, the more we grow in love for others, the less we are intimidated by them. Okay? Now, grab hold of that. If, if you are involved, however, or if you know that there's an abusive relationship, that, that, that's, that we have to put almost a disclaimer, not on that sentence, but just be wary to put boundaries in. Because I'm aware that certain people need to make sure that they don't cross certain boundary lines with people. All right? So from a pastor, from a pastor here rather than a preacher, just be careful. Don't cross specific lines and do put boundaries in where you need to put boundaries in. But it doesn't stop you doing what Jesus said to pray for people. Because that will make a huge difference in our hearts and it will cause love to grow. If we find it impossible to love our enemies, just tell him, God, I can't. It's a good prayer. It's a humble prayer. Yeah, start with that. It's the most honest, humble prayer we can start with. And then you will find... From there, you can pray this. I believe you can love through me. I believe Jesus can love through me. I can't, but God can. Yeah? And that's the, that's the reality of it. John 15 says, apart from you, I can do nothing. All right? But Philippians 14 
14, I've added a lot of chapters there. Philippians 4.13 says, with you I can do all things who strengthen me. Yeah. So you've got a can't and you've got a can. I can't without God, but with him I can do all things. Yep. It's him that does the loving through us. Always, always, always. Um, it comes back to this again. I had to deal with a person, I'll call them Jeff, in case they're, they're watching on, online here. Jeff Jefferson, that's a great name. That's a good name. That's definitely not their name. You always say to me, why do you give names? That's, they're not their name, all right? And, um, and I was, honestly, I was scared of this particular person. Um, they, they, they um, not in a way that I was like, you know, I wasn't, I, I didn't look forward to dealing with this particular person. And, um, and in the end, I, I just decided to, to take up Jesus' advice and to pray for them, yeah? And the change of heart towards this person was incredible, absolutely phenomenal. So rather than steer, my, my, my approach was number one, walk on eggshells around people. Do you do that? Just, just in case I upset them, I'll walk on eggshells all the way around them because I really, really, really hope that they don't blow up in my face and get me all scared. Yeah, so that was my strategy. It worked. And every now and again, and every now and again it didn't work. So. But, you know, that was the way I dealt with it. And in the end, I thought, this is just this is ridiculous. I've got to deal with this person, so I'm just going to pray because that's what Jesus says. Pray for those that, well, I mean, this person wasn't, you know, egging me house or anything. They weren't really persecuting me, but, but it was horrible dealing with them. So we did have people egging the house on a different storyline, though, but that's completely other, other place. Um, and we've had some fun, but that's a different preach story. <laughs> we, um, so I'm praying for this person, and I, I noticed, honestly, within the course of a month, my heart attitude towards them changed completely, absolutely completely. So in the end of just a very short period of time, from going from a place of walking on eggshells, from going on a place from just not wanting to deal with this person at all and just walking away from them if I could get away with it, from walking in that position, place, I was going to this person looking to help, looking to support, looking to, from a place of concern, but genuine concern, yeah. You know what I'm saying? My heart was just totally different. My heart was, how can I help? Rather than, I want to cower away from you, please, because you are just about to give me a barrage of abuse. Do you know what I'm saying? And if they did give me a barrage of abuse, they actually didn't, because it was a different dynamic, funnily enough. Uh, but Jeff, after a while, was, was totally different with me. They were just telling me what was going on in their life. Yeah. This is great preaching. Just put it into your life. Look, there must be somebody in your life that you're not getting on with. Yeah, there's got to be somebody somewhere that you're thinking, oh, good grief, I'd rather that person wasn't in my life. Pray for them and see how your heart changes. See how it makes a difference to your heart on the inside because it will cause such a change from, your, from the inside out. And the, the vision of our church, is, as has already been said, is to intentionally build and to transform community. These verses, they show just how God's love flowing through us does that. Does that. This is it. I've lost it. I'm going to have to stop now. Um, Christianity is a lot more than good moral living. You do know that. I hope we know that. All right? 
is actively imparting God's grace and love into a hurting world that desperately needs it. Amen? The gospel is about God's power and grace flowing through us, bringing healing, bringing restoration to those around us, to our communities. Amen? Amen. That's what we stand for. That's what we want. That's what we want to see in our streets, isn't it? Yeah? And so it's more than just being a good boy or girl. It's actually being active. And that's what that whole passage is about. Love is not about just being, sitting on your hand, doing nothing. It's actually about getting out there and changing things. Whether people are for us or against it, God is telling us to love them, to pray for them, to do good to them. It makes such a difference. Love changes people on the inside out. It melts the hearts of those that are really hostile towards us at times. And that is absolutely imperative. Now, as I say, we've had um, quite a lengthy time. Um, I'm just aware of the online. We had some issues once in, 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 a, in a neighborhood we lived in once. Um, that's vague enough. Um, and, um, and it got quite heated, shall we say. Um, not really, between, not between me and Ange. Not, not <laughs> but where we lived, it got like no one was talking to anybody else. Okay, it got like that, quite, uh, quite horrible. Um, and it was all kind of started in, in particular by, by one household. And I was like, this has gone horrible. It just went horrible. And, and um, it, it wasn't a nice time to live in, if you like, because you were aware that your own neighborhood was, 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 was actually a <coughs> not a nice place all of a sudden. And it came up to um, around about, I think, actually, I know how we dealt with it in the end, um, was we went around and we gave them a gift the particular neighborhood, the people that were causing all the rubbish. We, gave, we went around and we gave them a gift. Um, it must have been Christmas time, I, I, I'm guessing. That's a good excuse, isn't it? Anyway, you don't normally do that. Um, there's a Christmas present for you. And it threw them completely because they'd been quite, well, they'd been hostile. They'd been hostile to absolutely everybody. And we had big smiles on our face saying, hey, I just wanted to say, happy Christmas, thanks for being great neighbors, etc., etc." <laughs> Um, and it changed the atmosphere like that completely. And all of a sudden, they were talking to us again. Now, the point is that the love of God changes people. The love of God melts hearts. The love of God makes a huge, huge difference to the people around us. It might not happen with one Christmas gift, but keep loving and keep loving and keep loving and make a difference with the people around you. And you will start to see that things change. Because that's, we're supposed to be a light, on a, a light on a hill. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. Yeah, that's what we're called to do. Um, okay, I think we're running very short on time, so we won't have a final song. But um, I will finish on this. God desires to have a close, eternal relationship with every single person on the planet. And that's a relationship that holds the promise of complete peace. That's a relationship that holds the promise of joy and of hope and eternal life. And Jesus loves us completely. He desires relationship with us so much that he came to this planet. He died instead of us that we may have our sins forgiven. Completely 
and utterly wiped clean. A complete fresh start. And today is a day to make an extremely important decision. In a moment, I'm going to pray. And you may find yourself in one of the following three categories. So can I have every head bowed, please, as we do this? The first one is you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've never had a relationship with him, and you would like to make the decision to follow him today, to receive forgiveness and to begin a relationship with him. The second is that you used to walk with Jesus and you'd like to reconnect with him today. The third one is that you're not sure of your salvation. You're not sure that at the end of your life you will be going to heaven and you desire the certainty that Jesus offers. Now, if you relate to any of those three, then please pray along with me now and repeat these words out of your own heart. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. and rose from the dead. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrongdoing. And receive me as your child. I commit my life to you now. Amen.